get I think it's two. fun. I mean, everybody likes to have a dog in the hunt, right? We got a dog in the hunt. So that's what, that's what you want. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of Boot Up, the LSU Basketball Podcast. I'm Cody Worsham, digital media reporter for LSU Athletics. On today's show, we're going to look back at LSU's 83-78 win over Auburn to improve to 19-4 on the season, 9-1 in the SEC, and set up a huge, huge road date with Kentucky uh, on Tuesday. We're also going to look ahead to that Kentucky game. Plenty of Will Wade audio today. No guests on the show. We're going to come back later in the week with a guest uh, to preview LSU's road trip to Georgia. But two road games this week for LSU after cleaning up last week, one road game at Mississippi State and one home game against Auburn. The Tigers are now two games into that six-game stretch that I keep talking about, and they've won both of them. Um, Mississippi State on the road, they won. Auburn at home, they won. Now they have Kentucky and Georgia on the road before Florida and Tennessee next week. So probably the toughest six-game stretch of the season for LSU, two and zero through it so far. So far, nineteen and four on the season, nine and one in the conference. Good stuff from LSU so far. Let's quickly look back uh, at the win against Auburn. LSU fell behind early, twenty-six to twelve, uh, as they've been a little bit want to do lately. LSU's dug themselves little holes recently, although I don't think they really dug this hole. This one was more Auburn coming out hot and hitting a bunch of threes. They hit 16 for the game. They hit 11 in the first half. They really came out hot. Uh, But LSU adjusted. They kind of cleaned up some stuff in their ball screen defense, brought a little help from the backside to help defend the pick and pop a little bit, tightened up that three-point defense, and then figured things out offensively. The the, the story of the game uh, for LSU was the dominance on the glass, 47-35 to edge on the boards, and LSU just raked up inside the paint and on second-chance points. They outscored Auburn 29 to 1 in second chance points, 38 to 18 in points in the paint, and turned 19 turnovers into 31 points, uh, only turning the ball over themselves 11 times and uh, outscoring Auburn on those points off turnovers 31 to 12. So there's the difference in the game. Auburn came out shooting lights out from three. Jared Harper really was dialed in, uh, but LSU was able to to negate that really just by playing big boy basketball. And I'll be the first to admit that it's not my favorite. Um, style of basketball I, I kind of like the way that Auburn plays aesthetically but what you saw is is the weakness in that you live by the three and you die by the three and, and I think I want to say Arkansas started about 11 of, of 19 from from three if I remember correctly and then they finished uh, just 16 of 38 so they went five of 19 uh, over the rest of the game so it, really a tale of two halves for them shooting LSU did some nice things adjusting uh, the thing that I wrote after the game I think that stood out to me was the way that I said LSU won with big boy basketball, but they all they, they didn't just win with their brawn. They also won with their brains. Um, just talking to the players and, and, and Will Wade after the game, it was clear that, that the mental part of the game and the way that LSU approaches the game mentally, to me, was the edge in the game. And there's two guys that kind of embody that for me. First was Naz Reed. And I go back to... The last play of regulation for Auburn, they're down three, it's 81-78, and Jared Harper comes off a ball screen, and Naz Reed is, is guarding the ball screener and switches. And so it's one-on-one with Jared Harper and Naz Reed, and, uh, and I'll let Chris Blair take it from here. It's a three-point lead, 81-78. Fans on their feet here at the Maravich Center. we got 20 seconds to play. Harper works to the right, up top. Naz Reed on him defensively. Crossover. Wants the foul. Throws it up, and it's no good. Rebound, Javante Smart. 
Nazareed was able to stay in front of Harper, force a contested shot. LSU gets the rebound, actually turns it over immediately, uh, but then forces another miss. But it was a really special moment from Nazareed, who had a big game, 13 points, 10 rebounds. Uh, another big game was SEC Freshman of the Week this week after uh, having a huge game at Mississippi State, 29-9, and I believe, off the top of my head. But it was a, it was a special play from Nazri just physically to be able to stay in front of, of Jared Harper. Um, just the, the the quickness of a six ten guy to stay with a five ten guy who had twenty five points on the night who would, LSU couldn't guard for much of the game because of the difficulty of shots he was able to hit. But Nazri had an advantage. He had an advantage in the scouting report because he knew something going into that play and going into that shot, which is probably why LSU was so comfortable letting him just switch on there, not just because of his physical ability, but because he was mentally prepared as well. The way that Naz was able to sit down and guard Harper on that last three just impressive. Huge, you know. We we were we had to switch, and you know Naz had his stick hand up the whole time. He knew when Harper puts that ball in his left hand, that thing's going up, and he he knew he knew as soon as that thing touched the left hand, he, it was going up. And I thought he did a thought he did a, a phenomenal job. I thought he played a great game. I thought he played a great game offensively, defensively, double double. Um, he's you know he's just continuing to improve and, and continuing to play at a high high level. As you heard there, the, the scouting reports that LSU puts out before games, gives to its players before games, are so detailed. They knew that when Harper pulls up from three, it's it's after the ball's in his left hand and he kind of rocks into it. Uh, Nasreed actually gave an answer before that, that the audio just wasn't good enough. I didn't want to play it on here. But he said the same thing. He said, I knew, uh, I knew as soon as it goes in his left hand, he's going to pull up. So I just tried to take that away. And uh, Tremont Waters also kind of followed it up with another answer saying, yeah, we, we trusted Naz in that, that situation, not just because physically we knew he could do it, but but mentally we knew he, he was prepared and uh, he knew what Harper was going to do, and, and so we trusted him in that spot. Will Wade had a little more praise for Naz Reed on Monday at his press conference at noon, just talking about how Naz practices and the way that he approaches his work. And I, I wanted to share this because I've been around LSU basketball enough and I've been around college basketball enough to know that not every five-star guy that, that could be a lottery pick one day has this mentality. And, and it's not that they come in and, and they think the world is there. Some do. I mean, some some do, but others come in and they just kind of let their talent do all the, the talking and they get by on their talent. And that's that's probably the norm. I mean, guys are that, that are that talented can come in and just play. And the other thing is that coming in, the, the recruiting experts – the knock on Naz Reed from them was that he didn't have much of a motor, which, you know, I'd never seen him play in high school, so I didn't really know what to expect. That was my expectation coming in. He has far exceeded that expectation. He doesn't just have a motor. He's got a great motor, and he, he doesn't just show it in the games with the way that he's playing defensively. Um, I, I could point out the stats to you that, that prove um, when he's on the floor, LSU is, is elite defensively, particularly – in conference play when, when he's on the floor in SEC games LSU is giving up just a point per possession which is tied with Tremont Waters for the very best number on LSU's team uh, if you look at the entire SEC uh, conference games only defensively that would make LSU the third best different defense in the conference which it already is the third best defense in the conference but um, th- that's how good his, his numbers are only Kentucky and Tennessee have better defenses than that in conference. So LSU's elite when he's on the floor. He's covering up a lot of spaces. Um, he, he contests shots well. He's, he's using his size really well. He's rebounding much better in conference. He's high IQ. He takes charges. But I'll, I'll let Will Wade kind of brag on him from here, and, and you can kind of get an insight into why. It's not just his talent. It's the way that he's approaching games recently that uh, with his IQ, with his effort, uh, that deserves a lot of praise. It takes time to adjust. It takes time to adjust. I mean, you guys are all I – mean, he's, he's a talented, talented guy. He plays so hard. He wants to win so bad. 
Um, he, he does so much for our team, both offensively and defensively. He covers up a lot of mistakes. I mean, I could show you some clips where he's stunting off a non-shooter at the Auburn game to give us time to get back. I mean, he, he does just he, – he has such a IQ about him. He don't – I mean, he doesn't miss a rep in practice. He's out there every I – have, I have to tell him to get off so we can let some of our other guys practice a little bit. And so, you know, it's just a, his conditioning's been built up through that. And um, he's just got a great basketball mind. He's a hard, hard worker. And, um, you know, he's playing with great poise and great pace right now. Speaking of hard workers, another guy who – more than anybody just about uh, applies to that theme that I was talking about earlier about winning the game mentally uh, is Skyler Mays. And Skyler had a a big game against Auburn, 20 points, uh, leading scorer for LSU, 5 of 14 from the field, 8 of 10 from the line, did a great job attacking the rim, getting to the line. Skyler's been in a slump. He he hasn't been shooting the ball uh, very well from three in conference play. Uh, He was just 2 of 7 against Auburn, but he, he was smart enough to find ways to, to, to make plays and to get to the rim. He leaked out on transition a couple times, got some easy buckets, and despite not shooting super well from three, he was still efficient on the game. His offensive rating for the game was 132, which is very good. Uh, on the season, he's at 124.5, which is sixth in the SEC and second among guards. Uh, despite not shooting the ball well from three of, of late, and particularly in conference play, um, he, he's he's down. Uh, I'd have to let me pull up the number really quick, and I can tell you he's down to 23.6% from three in conference play, but he's shooting 87% at the line. He's getting to the free throw line a ton. His free throw rate is up to 52.5, which is seventh. In the conference, he's drawing about five fouls a game on opponents, and he doesn't turn the ball over. So when you do that, you're going to be efficient offensively. His offensive rating is still 113.1 in the SEC. Um, that's a really, really good number, and that's despite not shooting well from three. The three-pointers will come back. He hit some big ones. Uh, he took some big ones against Auburn. He had a big one in the second half. He had a big one in the first half. His LSU was kind of mounting that comeback. But Will Wade said something after the game when talking about Skyler that I thought was really interesting because a lot of times, and I'm certainly guilty of this, a lot of times we look at these guys and we evaluate their play, and we're just evaluating what we see on the floor in the game. And I've my, my eyes have been open to it a little bit more since I've, I've started here uh, from, from old jobs because I do see a little bit more behind the scenes, but not not a ton. I just I see a practice every now and then, or I'll see the guys working out just kind of in passing by. But I think from the outside, it's hard to remember that these guys do other stuff besides play basketball, especially Skyler Mays, who is a pre-med student, future doctor, a guy that's going to you know, do much more important things than basketball when it's all said and done. But I think as, as fans, as evaluators, as media, whatever, we tend to get caught up in what we see because that's all we have to work with. And so we see, oh, Skyler Mays isn't shooting 40% from three in SEC play. Something must be wrong. And we forget that not only are these guys still, you know, college-aged young men who are still developing, they're students, and they have other stuff going on, especially Skyler. And so I'll play this audio from Will Wade. I thought it was really interesting and, and really insightful, kind of help us remember and keep that perspective. I mean, guys, he had, a, he had a physics test on Thursday, and he had an anatomy test last night at 7 o'clock. I mean, who in here, who in here could perform well when you're studying for those things? So, I mean, it's just a matter of just lightening his load a little bit and and him relaxing, you could see the weight of the world off his shoulders this morning after he finished. And he did very well on both tests. Um, you know, you see the weight of the world off his shoulders. You know, when you, when after those after those tests, like these kids are. I mean, they got other stuff going on. It's not. I mean, they've got other stuff going on. It's, it's almost. You know, he's, he just had so much with the with the preparing for the tests and studying for the tests that 
you know, it's just hard. It's like he's wearing a weight vest when he's shooting because he's got all that other stuff going on. And so he was able to play freer tonight and did a great job attacking, getting to the free throw line. I think he was eight of nine from the free throw line and uh, did, did, did a really good job attacking, and then the threes fell. Wade is a coach, and, and this is an, a basketball program that very much believes in a holistic approach that mind and body are connected. Uh, they have a meditation coach. They they meditate before practices. Um, their, their strength and conditioning is very much a holistic approach, as you heard from Greg Golden last time out. So they definitely consider the fact that you know when a guy like Skyler has a mental burden on him, there's going to be some physical results and, and I mean, credit to Skyler. He can play through that stuff. He can handle that load. Um, that's why Will Wade is, is such a huge fan of his and, and always speaks so highly of him. And uh, and, and still, he, he came up big for LSU with, with 20 points against Auburn uh, and, and put LSU in a great spot going into this Kentucky game, which uh, let's go ahead and talk about the Kentucky game. The Tigers head to Rupp on Tuesday for a 6 p.m. tip-off on ESPN. The Eyes of the Nation will be watching. I think Todd Politz uh, over here at LSU tweeted earlier that it's the first matchup of, of ranked teams between LSU and Kentucky uh, at Kentucky since 1991, um, which kind of gives you the historical significance of this game. It's the first time they've met as ranked teams since 2000, uh, which was an LSU home game. It's 5-5 five and five all time in regular season games in which both were ranked. So LSU's at number 19 uh, in the AP poll. Kentucky, I believe, is at 7 uh, if I remember correctly. So it's going to be a, a huge game for LSU. Uh, the rankings kind of get thrown out the window, and uh, and, and it's going to come down to, to who just executes better and, and does what they do best better. Kentucky is is an absolute monster right now. They're, they're playing as well as anybody in the country after, I guess you could call it a slow start. They started... 10 and 3 after coming into the season, you know, either one or two in, in most preseason polls right there with Duke. They got slaughtered by Duke in the first game, 118 to 84. And since then, they have been a monster defensively. Despite giving up 118 points in their first game, they're still number eight in the country in defensive efficiency. They're number one in the SEC and number one in SEC games alone. Um, they give up absolutely nothing defensively. They're first in effective field goal percentage defense uh, in the conference. They force a bunch of turnovers. They don't allow teams to offensive rebound, which obviously is a strength for LSU. They don't allow teams to get to the free throw line, which is a strength for LSU. They defend the three-point line well. They defend the two-point shot well. They the Other teams don't even shoot free throws well against them. That's how good they are defensively. The guy who kind of sets the tone for them of late is Ashton Hagens, a freshman point guard. Six foot three, 192 pounds. Has some size. Could uh, could give Tremont Waters some issues there. Um, one of the, the Right there with Tremont, one of the best Guys are getting steals in the conference. He's 10th in the country in steal rate. That's going to be a really good matchup to watch up, to watch out for. Uh, Tyler Harrow and Skyler Mays is another good matchup. Uh, Harrow is is uh, kind of Kentucky's sharpshooter. He's shooting 35% from three on the season, but he's better in conference plays, up to 43% in conference play, and has been heating up for them. Uh, on the wing, Keldon Johnson is one of the best freshmen in the country. Uh, I think LSU will probably throw Skyler at him some. They'll probably throw Marlon Taylor at him some. Uh, he can play inside. He can play outside. He, he's shooting 40% from three on the season. He can get to the rim. Uh, he draws a bunch of fouls. He gets to the free throw line a bunch. He's a good free throw shooter. And then inside, P.J. Washington, their four-man, is kind of the prototypical four-man that gives LSU trouble. Um, he's improved so much. you remember from last year he had a big game against LSU, 18 points, six boards. He's still rebounding uh, every shot that he can get his hands on, but he's also shooting 45% from three this year and is, is a first-team all-conference type of player. Just had 23 points against Mississippi State and knocked down all three three-pointers that he took. And then Reed Travis inside uh, the Stanford transfer. Kind of an interesting matchup there with Cavell Bigby-Williams, who's LSU senior inside, a, a Pac-12 transfer. And uh, and then you've got uh, 
Reed Travis, who is uh, who is also a Stanford and, and Pac-12 transfer. So interesting matchups there. They bring EJ Montgomery, who's big off the bench, six foot ten guy. Nick Richards, who uh, is, uh, I think, a former AAU teammate of Tremont Waters, I believe, um, from, from the same area. Uh, he's another big guy, six foot eleven, And then Emmanuel Quickly, who was a five-star guy uh, coming out of high school last year uh, for Kentucky. Uh, he's a true freshman, and, and he's been good for them uh, this season off the bench. Hasn't, hasn't uh, had as big a role in SEC play, but a guy that can come in and, and, and give you issues. So this is, this is a really good team defensively. They're outstanding, and uh, it's going to be – a really tough matchup for LSU. Um, Will Wade talked about a lot of that at his press conference today. He also talked about a couple other things that, that I thought were interesting, uh, both after the game Saturday and, uh, and on Monday. Um, I, I just wanted to play these couple of audio clips for you. They're, they're not necessarily Kentucky-centric, although they'll, they'll touch on the game a little bit, but I think they give you a unique insight into how Will works, how the program works, and I think it, it's something to keep an eye on going forward. The first is is his approach to offensive rebounding, and that was a theme from the Auburn game. It's going to be a huge factor in the Kentucky game. Like I said, Kentucky is one of the best in the country at keeping people off the offensive glass. In fact, uh, they're only giving up 26.4% of, uh, of offensive rebounds available to other teams. That's best in the SEC and conference games alone. LSU, meanwhile, is uh, they grab 50% of their, uh, their misses against Auburn, and in conference are grabbing 39% of their misses, which is first in the conference. You're going to have the best offensive rebounding team in the SEC and LSU against the best defensive rebounding team in the SEC and Kentucky. And uh, Will Wade talked a little bit about his approach to offensive rebounding after the game on Saturday. I wanted to play that for you because uh, I remember uh, when Will first got hired at LSU at a coach's clinic in the practice gym, and, and I went and watched it. Uh, he, he, was, uh, he was gracious enough to, to let me come and listen in just to kind of hear some of his philosophies. And he talked about how he doesn't really coach defensive rebounding as much as other coaches. I mean, they still work on it, obviously. But he really, really emphasizes offensive rebounding, particularly in practice. They chart every big uh, as they – crash the glass or fail to crash the glass during practice during games they keep track of all that uh, he talks about that here but he feels that if you're a good offensive rebounding team it'll make you a better defensive rebounding team because when your guys are going hard on to the glass and in practice it's going to teach the other guys who are trying to block them out how to defensive rebound and I think you've seen that with LSU this year they have gradually gotten better and better on the defensive glass to the point where they're now number four in the SEC in defensive rebounding which earlier in the year they were getting killed on the offensive glass. But here's Will Wade talking about how he kind of teaches offensive rebounding. I thought it was interesting and, and wanted to share it with you. It's really, it's actually pretty simple. And it's, you're gonna, you, we just go every time. Like we chart how many times you go. You got to go 80% of the time plus. If you just go, they're going to fall in your hands a few times. Now we go to certain areas and we, I mean, there's, there's a little bit more to it than just going. But most of the battle is just getting your guys to go and go hard. And we, we chart that and make sure that we go and go hard. And, you know, when you, don't, when you don't shoot it great like we do, or when you're – we are a good shooting team. We just hadn't make, made them. When you don't do that, you better make up for it in other ways. And, you know, we create turnovers and we get on that offensive glass. Another interesting thing that he talked about on Monday was, oddly enough, what he does at halftime. And it was a good question for Michael Cobble over at WBRZ. It was kind of off the wall, um, but those kinds of questions usually get the best answers out of Will. Um, but LSU's been good in, in the second halves of SEC games recently, You know, coming back against Missouri, coming back uh, against uh, Auburn. Uh, what was the other comeback? They've had so many of these freaking comebacks that I can't keep up with all of them. Uh, they came back against Arkansas at home, didn't come back all the way. But they've been good in, in the second half of, of SEC games. And so Cobble just asked, hey, 
Well, what do you do at halftime? And I thought it was an interesting interesting answer. Uh, again, just gives you a little additional insight into the program that you probably didn't know. But one of the things they do is they watch film, which I don't I don't know how many college basketball teams do that. Maybe more do than than I expected. But I, I don't know. I I'd never heard of that before. Uh, he he started talking about it. But I think they have managers and and. Uh, maybe Alex Ward and the video coordinator helps uh, cut up some video, but they show video at halftime. And here's what we're talking about. Uh, what else they do at halftime? Yeah, I mean, we a little bit of both. We watch film at half, so we watch the other teams made shots and kind of how they score and what they what they were doing to score. And then we we make some, you know, we make some obviously some offensive and defensive um, adjustments. I try to keep it very simple. I don't want to make more than three adjustments on each end. So we don't we take a lot of information in and then just try to boil it down into the two or three things that maybe they're doing that we weren't expecting that we need to adjust. Um, you know, I'm very wary. I don't like to do stuff in games we haven't practiced. Some coaches will just throw stuff out there that they haven't worked on or haven't practiced. I have a, even if I have like a – like, you know, we got a couple plays I want to run against Kentucky, and I'll draw them up out of a timeout, but we'll walk through them tonight at Kentucky. Well, I will at least walk through it with the guys and say, all right, here's, 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 we're going to walk through this. We may, we may use this, we may not, but I at least want to walk through it before we draw it up. And so at halftime, I try to, you know, see what they're doing that's going against our scout and try to make any of those kind of big picture adjustments then. And then the, the smaller stuff we can adjust during the game. The last bit of audio that I want to leave you with is Will Wade talking about the guy he'll be going against on Tuesday. That's John Calipari, the head coach at Kentucky. They're in interestingly similar places this year because John Calipari always recruits these blue chip classes full of five-star guys who he has to bring in and, and sort of teach a new system to and get them all to buy in. And Will Wade is experiencing that for the first time this year. At you know, Chattanooga, he certainly didn't bring in the kinds of guys he's got this year, nor did, did he at VCU. But this year he's got Nazreed and Emmett Williams and Javante Smart. He brought in Tremont Waters last year. He's got all these guys who are top 40, 50, 60 recruits who throw in Darius Days. And he's got to get them to buy into this system and, and buy into this culture and buy into this this team first mentality that you know maybe guys who come in with all these stars and hype and recognition aren't naturally wanting to do or naturally inclined to do or uh, maybe they just never have had to do it before at this level and so here's what we talking about John Calipari I think it's an interesting perspective to get the new coach who's in that role talking about the coach who's been in that role for a while I mean yeah they're the best program in the league he's a he's a phenomenal coach he's won national championship he does a great job with those guys, how hard they play, how well they are defensively. To get those, his teams with the, with the young guys to play like they do is, is extremely, extremely impressive. Um, me having kind of gone through it for the first time this year um, gives you even more appreciation for just, you know, he doesn't get nearly enough credit for how good of a coach he is. I know, you know, I mean, he is a, he's a phenomenal basketball coach. Um, what they do on offense, they play to their strengths, they give their guys space. And let them let, let you know let them let them let them move and let them make plays in that space. And then the, <coughs> the way he has them connected defensively and how hard they play defensively and and how they um, just shrink the court on you defensively. I think they're giving up like 55 points a game or something like that their last five or six games, and it's even less than that at home almost. Um, and so you know what 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 he does with his clubs to get them to be connected and guard like that is extremely extremely impressive. I have a newfound appreciation for how hard you know for for I've always thought he's a great coach and does a great job but I certainly have a newfound appreciation for that
Wade will put that appreciation to the test on Tuesday at Kentucky. Big game. Big game for LSU. The last time the Tigers won at Rupp 10 years ago as Tasman Mitchell, who's now on staff with LSU, hit the game-winning three in the dying seconds, and LSU won 81-78 to clinch a share of the SEC title. So there will be no clinching of SEC titles on Tuesday, but it is a game that will go very far in determining who wins the conference title. Both LSU and Kentucky are 9-1 and in the conference with Tennessee leading the pack at 10-0. and So uh, Tennessee's coming to Baton Rouge in a couple weeks. This is, uh, this is a huge test for LSU. If they win it, they remain very much in control of their uh, their SEC title hopes. And if they lose it, they've got a little bit more work to do. So we will see what happens. But uh, I will come back later in the week with another episode recapping that game. And hopefully we'll get one of the players on to come on and hopefully talk about a win at Kentucky and what's ahead. So uh, again, thanks for listening. If you haven't yet, give us a rating, give us a review, give us a subscription. And until next time, thanks for listening to this episode of Boot Up, the LSU Basketball Podcast.